Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recap Season 1, where we are recapping all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones in preparation for the airing of Season 8, beginning in April of 2019. Today, we are on Season 6, Episode 8, No One. Begin our plot recap in the southernmost bit of Westeros, we go in King's Landing, where uh, Kyburn arrives in Cersei's private chambers, informs Cersei that uh, the Faith Militant, at least some members of the Faith Militant, have been permitted entry into the Red Keep by King Tommen uh, in order to do really whatever they want, uh, but they're here primarily to uh, visit with Cersei as the High Sparrow has uh, asked for the Faith Militant to bring Cersei to the Great Set to Baelor so that uh, the Sparrow and Cersei can have a discussion of some sort about something. Uh, as you would expect, uh, Cersei refuses to go uh, with the Faith Militant, uh, but leader of this group of the Faith Militant, Lancel Lannister, uh, informs her that it was not a request, it was a command, and that if you do not willingly come, we will bring you out by force. Uh, but, luckily for Cersei, of course, she has her personal bodyguard, the Mountain, uh, with her, who then uh, rips one of the Faith Militants' heads off, and uh, that is the end of that situation, and Cersei returns to her private chambers, and the Faith Militant uh, leave her alone. Uh, later on, Cersei, Kyburn, and the Mountain all head into the Great Hall to find that there's a large crowd as there's to be a royal announcement that Cersei was not informed of. Uh, and that royal announcement is that trial by combat will no longer be allowed in all of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros, theoretically, uh, but primarily in King's Landing, for certain. And also that uh, Cersei and Loras both will stand trial same, same day, the first day of the Festival of the Mother at the Great Sept of Baelor. Uh, and uh, Kyburn lastly tells a stunned Cersei at this new revelation she will not be able to have the mountain kill people to get her out of this trial, uh, that, uh, well, Kyburn was sent to investigate an old rumor. He sent his little birds, and that he has found that there is great substance to this old rumor. What could this rumor be? We'll get to it in the finale. Uh, we will now head north-ish from King's Landing, northwest-ish, really, up to River Run, where, firstly, uh, Brian of Tarth and sex god Podrick Payne have arrived uh, to deliver Sansa Stark's letter to the Blackfish. But first, they meet, or Brian at least, meets with uh, Jamie Lannister, who, of course, as we know, has overtaken the fray, attempted recapturing of River Run. Uh... Jamie and Brienne discuss, you know, that, hey, Brienne has fulfilled her oath to find Sansa and has returned her, more or less, to her home in the north. Uh, 
But also, uh, Cersei has a bounty out on Sansa at the moment, which Jaime would much like to collect, but he uh, decides not to attempt to do that at this point, at least. Uh, so he agrees to let Brienne into River Run to meet with the Blackfish, and if uh, Brienne is able to get the Blackfish to surrender, he will allow the Blackfish and all of the Tully army to march north peacefully to go help Sansa retake Winterfell. Uh, Brienne goes into River Run, uh, discusses this with the Blackfish and is quickly turned away uh, as he refuses to leave River Run. Um, later, Jamie visits with the captive Edmure Tully and they discuss, you know, how Edmure has been treated as a prisoner, Jamie's former imprisonment at the hands of Catelyn Stark, uh, the Red Wedding and everything else, you know. And eventually they uh, come to an agreement that uh, Edmure will walk into River Run, will be uncontested by this as the men inside River Run are loyal to him, not to the Blackfish, really. Uh, and Edmure will go inside, order everyone to surrender, and will presumably be allowed to live peacefully in the castle of River Run for the foreseeable Future, Edmure goes in the castle, orders everyone to surrender. They do, except uh, the Blackfish, of course, refuses to surrender and uh, fights his way to a off-screen death <laughs> at the hands of random Lannister troops. Uh, so we must ring the funeral bells for Brendan Tully, the Blackfish. And also, uh, Brienne and Pod. Uh, flee the castle of River Run on a boat and are heading back north to go assist Sansa in whatever way they can in the impending battle for Winterfell. Uh, we will continue north into, or actually we'll kind of go in in some direction of some sort from River Run, east or west, I'm not entirely certain, but elsewhere in the Riverlands. Um, Several men uh, of that troop of the Brotherhood Without Banners that killed all the people at the Sept last episode, uh, the Hound has found them and quickly dispatches all of them very easily, but notices that there are a few that are missing. A few are not with this main group. He tracks them down, uh, finds those three, but also has found that those three have already been captured and are being ready to be hung by who else? But returning to our screens for the first time in a couple seasons, uh, Thoros Amir and Lord Beric Dondarrion have returned. And uh, they negotiate, they agree to let the Hound kill two of the three. Uh, the Hound wants, of course, to, you know, brutally murder them with his axe as he did the rest. Uh, but uh, Beric and Thoros uh, inform him, no, we will just hang them. And so the Hound kills two more and also uh, agrees to join up, at least for the moment, with Thoros and Mir and Beric and Darien uh, in, uh, at least as far as Beric suggests, an upcoming battle against something cold from the north. White Walkers. 
is what he is referring to, of course. So, uh, the Hound does agree to join up with them, at least for the moment. We know the Hound isn't the most uh, loyal of troopers, but we'll see where this goes. Uh, we will head over to Essos, as nothing happens in the north in this episode. So, over to Essos, we will start in the free city of Bravos, where uh, Arya... Uh, has, after suffering what would assume to be rather severe stab wounds at the hands of the Waif uh, last episode, has managed to, uh, you know, wander her way back to the backstage area of the uh, theater in Bravos, And Lady Crane walks off stage, finds her... Bleeding on the floor, and Lady Crane, of course, decides to take Arya to her house uh, to heal Arya. Lady Crane offers Arya a position in the acting troupe as they're down one actress now, thanks to the, uh, the, you know, disregard, not the disregard, but uh, the, the dismissal of Bianca from the acting troupe. Uh, as the acting troupe is off to Pentos here in the near future. Arya, of course, refuses to do so. Uh, she's then given milk of the poppy and takes a nice healing nap. The following morning, Lady Crane, standing on a chair, fetches some medicine from a high shelf when a man enters the waif in disguise uh, who quickly dispatches of Lady Crane. Arya is awoken, and the waif gives Arya chase as Arya flees from the house. They run through the streets of Bravos all the way back to the uh, room that Arya was hiding in a couple episodes ago with Needle. Arya draws Needle, slices out a candle, sending the room into darkness, and we assume, given all the evidence we're presented, uh, kills the waif takes her face, cuts it off, as you do, and uh, takes it with her to the House of Black and White, manages to get all the way into the Hall of Faces undetected somehow. Very poor security system Jock and Hagar has installed here in the House of Black and White. Uh, and Jock and walks in, finds the waif's bloodied face, and uh, Arya announces that she is not no one. She is Arya Stark of Winterfell. She is going home. As Arya prepares to head back to Westeros uh, in the near future. And we will wrap up uh, even further east over in Slaver's Bay in the great city of Marine. Uh, first in the streets of Marine, the Red Priestesses are preaching about Daenerys's, uh, you know, ascension to the prince that was promised and that she is been sent by R'hllor to end all slavery across the realm. Uh, Tyrion and Varys are walking through the marketplace. They uh, debate the merits of Tyrion hiring uh, these priests to preach on behalf of Danny, And we learn that Varys is, leading, is leaving Marine on an expedition to Westeros to find supporters for Danny's cause, as well as ships from somewhere in Westeros. Where could Varys be going where he can find these two things? 
We'll find out soon. Um, later, Tyrion, uh, Missy, and the Worm have a drinking contest and have a comedy open mic session. Uh, and also later, uh, they hear the sound of bombardment upon the city of Marine. They find that a large fleet of ships, mostly from Yunkai, uh, but also from Astapor and Volantis, have arrived and are laying siege to the city of Marine as the slave masters have come to retake their quote-unquote property here in Marine. Uh, by evening, the slaver's fleet, using trebuchets to bombard the city, uh, Tyrion admits that his diplomacy has failed quite clearly, and, um, you know, Grey Worm takes command, and he proposes to defend the pyramid and basically let the city of Marine be destroyed as long as Danny stays safe. But at that moment, a large object hits the Great Pyramid, and what else would it be but Daenerys Targaryen herself riding the top, presumably Drogon, and she has returned to the great city of Marine just in time to oversee battle for control of the city. And that is all that happens in this episode. Uh, do you have anything to add? Any questions that I'll do my best to answer at this point? Uh, or any observations or anything of that sort? Uh, a few observations, maybe a few questions. Um, Arya seems to be quite mobile mm -hmm. for all those wounds she just suffered in the last episode. Yeah. And that she's still bleeding quite well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that poppy or whatever Lady Crane gave her was... <laughs> that uh, great of a medicine, I mean, gee, uh, she was quite mobile. Uh, yes, his, uh, the Hall of Faces security seems to be mm -hmm. really good there. But, oh well, Arya's headed back to Winterfell, I guess. I guess we'll see if she is. And in the last episode, I had my doubts that was really Arya, so apparently it was really Arya. So, um, yes, the uh, the mountain, I don't know what they're planning to do for sure, but I can't imagine there's going to be those few just go up and kill the white walkers up north. So that's doesn't seem possible to me. Um, I'm not sure what the mountain has to do with that. The, but... the hound, sorry. Okay. <laughs> the hound. Okay. Uh, yes. Going up that way. Oh, boy. All right. This part here. Okay. The last part here that you mentioned was Varus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. You know, well, first off, my big question is, mm -hmm. I mean, he's... Varus has been seen in the city many times with the dwarf. Mm -hmm. uh, the most famous dwarf in the world, as Tyrion will tell us. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure why, if he was seen on the dock, that would give away their big, his big secret uh, mission here. It's like, okay. Well, what? the presumption would be what? that 
Marine is a port city, and therefore there are other boats from other places in the docks of Marine from other places, and those people may not know who Varus is if Tyrion's not there, would um, be my assumption. Okay. Alrighty, I guess that would give up his big secret mission. Uh, my biggest problem is if Varus left by boat. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, Marine may have 18 different ports around or, okay, you know, but if he left by boat, mm-hmm. and then at least in uh, episode time, I don't know how world time this was okay but if he left by a boat and uh-huh. then a couple minutes later all these thousand of boats are coming in it's like where'd Varys go um did he not see the boats and go oh my god i better get back or he, well he said, okay boats out of my i'm leaving <laughs> i mean it is later in the same day i think um, um so I mean, yeah, he would have ran into the boats probably coming in, but, I mean, you know. I'm just thinking, like, and, you know, he has a great network of spies. They knew nothing about this attack coming. This great network of spies didn't know anything about these thousands of boats coming. Well, he didn't have time to establish to get in the good graces of all the children of... Uh, Slaver's Bay, but also, I mean, there ain't going to be a ton of uh, free children for him to go install a spy network in Volantis and Astapor and Yonkai at this point, so... Okay, well... I mean, he hasn't really got it going in Marine yet, so... Okay, you know, apparently. The city he's residing in, I think, would take uh, first priority. Okay, yes. All right, well, he... Well, the, the part where he left and all these boats were coming back, I guess if he did leave 12 hours before that. I guess. Depends the boat he's on. If it's like a, you know, personal (laughs) vessel. Um, Um, You know, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yes, I I had figured that they would uh, get rid of the trial by combat, and they did. So I was glad. I mean, I, I thought they would. And they did. <clears throat> and there were some fun things in there. And yes, what was that rumor? Mm. Uh, I guess we'll see here shortly. We will. Now, Brianna Tarth tried mm-hmm. to give back Oathkeeper to, to uh, Jamie. It is correct. But he said, not you get to keep that. So that I want, might come back. I mean, I'm sure she's going to use Oathkeeper for some good stuff. Um, and now, yes, what will happen in that castle anymore? Is any more stuff going to happen at River Run? Uh, and that is, uh, that looks like all my stuff. Okay. Uh, well, we're in season six, by and large, past the scope of the books, but there is still some bits. So what bits are those and where are they from in the books? Well, from A Storm of Swords, the third novel, the epilogue, the Brotherhood Without Banners, hangs a rebellious member. 
from A Feast for Crows, the fourth novel, chapter 34, Cat of the Canals, a murderer takes the boots of his victim. Uh, chapter 38, Jamie 6, Jamie tells Edmure his terms for yielding River Run. Chapter 42, Brienne 8, someone accuses Brienne that she serves the Lannisters. She carries a Lannister sword. Chapter 44, Jamie 7, Edmure surrenders River Run. The Lannisters and Freys win the battle without any bloodshed, and the Blackfish avoids being made a hostage of the Iron Throne. From A Dance of Dragons, the fifth novel. Chapter 23, Danny 4, a naval blockade is established around Marine. Chapter 27, Tyrion 7, a red priest preaches about Danny. Chapter 48, Jamie 1, Brienne and Jamie reunite in the Riverlands. And Chapter 70, the Queen's Hand, the ruling council of Marine, discusses the situation as trebuchets are used against the city of the rest. Presumably, everything with Arya uh, will come in the, as of yet, unpublished sixth winds of winter. Uh, so, what are the differences between those chapters and this adaptation we saw? Well, <clears throat> firstly, uh, Jamie, of course, did swear an oath to Catelyn Stark, uh, but in the books, the oath is that he would not kill any Stark or Tully family members, which is why he tries and succeeds to end the siege without violence. Uh, Brienne and Pod do not take any part in the siege of River Run. They are in the Riverlands, but not near River Run as they are still searching for Sansa around the Vale. Uh, Brienne has not yet fulfilled her oath to Cat, as she has not met Arya or Sansa on her journey with Pod, let alone brought them to any state of safety. Um, Cersei is not allowed to walk around freely escorted by the Mountain or Sir Robert Strong uh, and intimidate folks in the way she does here. Jaime uh, has grown distant from Cersei in the novels and has no intentions to kill Tully's or anyone else in order to return to her. Brienne never meets the Blackfish in the books. Except for Jaime and Ryman Frey, no one attempts to meet with the Blackfish. There's no mentioning in the books that the Blackfish is acquainted with Brienne's father. However, it is possible that they may have met sometime during the combat in either the War of the Nine Penny Kings or during Robert's Rebellion, potentially. Uh, the Blackfish escapes from River Run and is believed to be still alive, but we do not know that for sure, nor where he is currently at at this point. It is Arya, not the Hound, who takes the boots of someone she killed. It is not the Blackfish, but someone else who accuses Brienne of serving the Lannisters. Edmure's wife, Rosalind, is pregnant, but by the point the books have reached, has yet to give birth. Unlike in the show where she's given birth apparently two years ago or something. Um, Jamie threatens to launch Edmure's child into River Run with a trebuchet, not a catapult. Very important distinction. Uh, Jamie tells Edmure his terms right after releasing him from the gallows, directly after Jamie's unsuccessful meeting with the Blackfish. Jamie also never says that he admired Cat or that she reminded him of Cersei. Catelyn also did not hit Jamie in any way. It is not Edmure, but the Blackfish who doubts Jamie's word and reminds him of killing Ares Targaryen, the Mad King. Uh, the Blackfish states that he agreed to meet with Jamie 
as he wanted to hear Jamie's excuses for not returning Sans and Arya as promised and also to see Jamie's stump hand. Uh, Jamie offers to settle the matter in single combat between them. The Blackfish laughs and refuses as it would gain him nothing but the pleasure of killing Jamie. Jamie also thinks wistfully that such a duel would have been great once, similar to a comment made by Ario Hota in television continuity. Uh, to help Ed Muir, uh, to convince him to surrender Reveron, Jamie arranges for a musician to sing the reigns of Castamir. Uh, no one has attempted, or no one attempts to stop Ed Muir from entering Riveron. Jamie has no intentions to allow the Blackfish to go away safely, only to the garrison and only after they surrender their arms and armor. He intended to send uh, the uh, Blackfish to the wall, not to deliver him to the Freys. Jamie believes that Arya is dead, not that Sansa is. Sansa does not send any letter to the Blackfish. In the books, uh, Beric Dadarian died in a permanent way. Uh, not long after the Red Wedding, his successor has to this point shown no interest in using the Brotherhood to stop the White Walkers. Uh, Danny is still in Marine when the siege starts, while Tyrion and Jorah are in Yonkai being held prisoner at the moment. Uh, the besieged, led by Sir Barristan Selmy, do not intend to remain in Marine and wait for the enemy's attack, but to march out and fight. The besiegers catapult dead bodies, not fire missiles, into Marine. There are no book characters named Steve and Riddell. Uh, none of the Brotherhood have gone rogue and killed harmless villagers. However, they are capable of killing innocent people who have nothing to do with the Red Wedding and never harmed any Stark or Tully. As long as they have some connection, even very vague, to the Freys or the Lannisters. And last but not least, uh, the meeting between Jaime and Brienne does not occur during the Siege of Riveron, uh, but occurs directly after the Siege of Raven Tree Hall, an event that we will not see in show continuity, as that location does not exist. Uh, so, that is all of those differences. So, I do have some uh, notes from this episode, of course. Uh, firstly, uh, the joke-telling sequence with Tyrion missing the worm is some great comedic work here in this episode. Uh, the acting troupe, not that this really matters, but I noted it anyway. Uh, the acting troupe is moving on to Pintos. Uh, Arya, as far as we learn in this episode, she has desires to explore what's west of Westeros. Uh, not, of course, as we know, not much is known about this area. Uh, west of Westeros is the Iron Islands technically, but it's considered part of Westeros. Uh, the only thing we know of past Iron Islands is Lonely Light, which is an island that is technically part of the Iron Islands, but is miles away from the Iron Islands. And all we know about Lonely Light is it gets really weird and potentially magical around that area, is all we know so far from the books and extraneous materials. Um, we also see in this episode of uh, The Hound, for being severely injured and then presumably not really doing anything for like two years, uh, has not lost any of his fighting skill at all uh, in this episode. Yes. Uh, the Red Priestesses now preaching about Danny, at least throughout Marine. Uh, Varus is leaving Marine to head somewhere to recruit both support and find ships for Danny. Where is this? We'll find out soon. Uh, Cersei. 
is at this point more or less certain that uh, she has lost Tommen at this point. Uh, he may not be dead, but he might as well be in Cersei's mind at this point, basically. Um, Cersei has also now chosen uh, to get rid of the sparrows in a violent way, at least to start down that path. We'll see if she can continue it or not. Uh, the mountain has retained all of, if not maybe even gained, uh, some strength through the reanimation process. Uh, Jamie and Brienne, as well as Pod and Bronn, are reunited momentarily. Uh, Jamie is now aware of Sansa's location and Keeley that she's alive. Uh, pretty important, I would think, uh, for him to return to Cersei with that info. Uh, Jamie allows Brienne to keep Oathkeeper permanently at this point. Uh, Cersei also noted she loathes Kevin at this point, very much so. Uh, Tommen has decided to ban Trial by Combat permanently, uh, and also both Cersei and Loras' trials will be held same day at the Great Sept of Baylor. Uh, Tyrion, uh, we learn that he has plans after Danny's conquering of the Seven Kingdoms. He wants to own a vineyard and make his own wine, we learn. Uh, I don't really know if that's important, I just found it interesting to note. Um... <laughs> Uh, of course, the wise masters of Yunkai, Astapor, and Volantis have come to attack Marine and take back the city. Uh, Jamie, at this point, is basically past the point of caring if people know him and Cersei are lovers. <laughs> he just does not care at this point. Um, we also learn just how deep-seated Jamie's devotion to Cersei is in this episode with his conversation with Edmure. Uh, the phrase and thereby the throne has regained control of River Run. Brienne and Potter heading back north. Danny has returned to Marine. The Hound has been reunited with Beric Dondarrion and Thoris Amir. The Hound is going to join up with them. Arya has killed the Waif, and Arya is heading back to Westeros and presumably back to Winterfell. Uh, and some foreshadowing nuggets. Uh, Lady Crane, while playing Cersei in the play in this episode, to open it, I believe, or near the beginning. Uh, the wolves are buried, and the false stag is done. Uh, Lady Crane to Arya, what's left for you here? We learn not much later not in much. this episode. Arya, again, what's west of Westeros? This could be for season eight. I don't know. I would hope so. I doubt it, but it could be. We'll get into that when we talk about season eight later. Um, Varys is going to go procure ships for Danny. Where from? We'll know soon. Um, I choose violence, Cersei, beginning her combat against the High Sparrow. Jamie, don't ask me to betray my own house. Uh, make note of the key figures that are still in King's Landing that Cersei now hates dutifully. Obviously, she hates more people than just these, but oh uh, make note of the ones that are still in King's Landing. Marjorie Tyrell, Mace Tyrell, Olenna too, but she's not in King's Landing anymore. Uh, the High Sparrow, every member of the Faith Militant, basically. Uh, Kevin, Grandmaster Pycelle, Loras Tyrell... Oh, boy. Yes. We'll see what comes of this. 
Cersei has also had Kyburn investigate an old rumor to which there is substance. What in the world is he talking about? We'll find out in the finale. Uh, Edmure to Jamie. I found this an interesting one. You understand that you are an evil man. Beric Darien, uh, cold winds are rising in the north. So he presumably wants to go north and help fight the White Walkers. Last but not least, Arya, I'm going home, she states in this episode. Uh, so, you have anything else now? Uh, no. No, okay. No. So, that will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this as we begin the two-part incomparable finale to season six with these last two episodes. Just an incomparable two-episode run here. Uh, It is truly magnificent stuff we're getting to here next. Uh, So... Until that time, uh, make sure to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you prefer. And until that next episode, we'll meet up with Jon Snow for him to do some fun stuff. Uh, Goodbye.